You're listening to the audio portion of Workshop Wednesdays. Workshop Wednesdays is a free live discussion about topics affecting accountants, bookkeepers, and business owners. You can join the AVO group in Facebook to participate live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Just search for ABBO in Facebook. This podcast is brought to you by SchoolofBookkeeping.com, where you will learn, grow, and build a thriving bookkeeping practice. We have hundreds of lessons with almost every aspect of the industry. Start your free month today at SchoolofBookkeeping.com. And click. I think it is live. So let's just start talking, Carrie. Okay, we can start talking. <laughs> Welcome to Wednesday. Woo! It is Wednesday. Uh, workshop Wednesday for today is, is today the August 19th, 2020. So uh, we are going to talk about an actual topic today. Hang on a second. I'm, hold on. I got to mute myself. Ooh, well, that was horrible. <laughs> kind of uh, good here. for my answer. <laughs> okay, well, uh, so what we're going to be talking about today is, um, so the workshop today is going to be handling upfront customer deposits. Uh, and retainers, because sometimes that is a that is a little bit of a, a challenge to handle. And the way that QuickBooks then handles that when business owners or sometimes even accountants and bookkeepers handle it uh, through the normal workflow of I've received a payment because I got to deposit that, then it gets a little challenging sometimes with um, with how reports look and uh, QuickBooks Online definitely on a cash basis will uh, will cause some confusion for sure. <laughs> so there is a proper way, and I'm using air quotes there, to, to handle that on the accounting side of things. Um, and so that's what we wanted to kind of talk about. So Carrie's going to walk us through and talk about the, the desktop side. I'm going to uh, speak to the, the QuickBooks Online side. And you know, hopefully you're joining us on the, on the Facebook uh, in the AVO group. Uh, if you have uh, comments, concerns, questions, just throw them in the comments there and maybe we can uh, address them as well. So, uh, Carrie, you have like a, a business case or a business use case for, for that, you know, specifically for your own business. How does that work? So often we like for support jobs, uh, many of you might have noticed that if you don't get paid up front, you may not get paid. So it's really best practice to have them prepay for your appointment, whether it be an hour, five hours, a retainer of, you know, 10 to 20 hours, whatever it is. Um, the day that you get paid, the problem is it's not income. And the customer may just use an hour or two of the retainer, or they may use the whole thing. Regardless, it's a problem because it's not income the day you get paid. So let's just say you have a subcontractor, just to give you a use case. Um, let's say I subcontract Dan and somebody hires him for an hour. And they go <laughs> Why do you want to do that? <laughs> I don't know, but sometimes we like Dan. <laughs> And so we hire, you know, the customer goes ahead and pays us, but Dan hasn't done the work yet. So it's not income to my com company CBG. It's not even income to Dan. It's basically in a holding bin. So how do we account for it? We want it to sit in a hold. We're not going to just keep it in a drawer because it's in my bank. It's a deposit, right? right. So I'm going to show you the, the, the method that we use. So are you ready for me to go there yet? Yeah. Did you okay. <laughs> go ahead. Hang on. <laughs> Let's let's work. <laughs> let's work. Okay, let's work uh, let's work in this workshop. All right. So I've got my um, I got to get rid of a couple of these screens. Um, 
I've got my QuickBooks open. Okay. So, so in, 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 in accounting terms, uh, when this, this situation, when you received a, an upfront deposit, uh, it, it, you said it's not income, but what is it? What is it? Uh, what is it classified as? Well, that's a really good question. So let me just show you how I do it. So let's just say I get a, a deposit of three grand because you know we want a big retainer. It's not common that that happens. So the first thing, my first mistake would be is to code this straight to income. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and code it to an account that I set up. Um, and what did I call this account? Customer deposits, I think. Customer deposits. There, there we go. <laughs> All right. So you can call this account anything you want, right? Um, what kind of account is it? It's an other current liability because you are getting money ahead, just like you got a loan for a car you purchased, but you haven't actually done the work yet. So create your current liability, you can call it whatever you want, retainer, customer deposit, whatever makes sense to you, just as long as it's a, cust a, a current liability. So I'm gonna use that in my from account. Now for QuickBooks, you see that received from, this is where you could put the customer name, but best practice by Carrie, I leave that blank because I don't wanna foul up accounts receivable. I do that separate. So in my memo, I might say this is from, and this is my famous, um, Sample account, I call it ABC Plumbing, if I could type. And then I might go as far as to give you the check numbers because that's, sometimes that's helpful, right? Or it's ACHEFT, ABCDEFG. So I'm putting in the amount $3,000, right? So there it goes. That's one of my right. many steps. So that, that step is to record in QuickBooks the the depositing the deposit for, for lack of a better word, you know, taking the money that you've received up front and putting it in the, putting it in the bank. That's right. So uh, as let's see, what did it land anywhere here? Let's scroll down. It should have. <laughs> yeah, it should have the date. Sometimes the date gets me messed up. Yeah. The sample company. Uh, they, uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. See, it landed on my balance sheet. That's correct. And it's a temporary thing, which is okay for cash basis, accrual basis, what have you. Um, but this could sit here for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. especially think about construction accounting. You can use the same method. You're going to be paying some security deposits, so forth and working them down. So right now, this is, this is okay for it to sit here until you do something. Uh, one of the things that I like to do next is to go ahead and move it into my accounts receivable now. Right so that this is back to zero. That's, that's my method. So the next thing, and when you're working with invoices and credit memos, guess what? You have to work with item codes. So I have set up an item code, um, and I right actually call, you can call it whatever you want. I'll show you how I set mine up. I called it prepayment. You can call it retainer, you can call it anything you want but it is, an, it is mapped to that same current liability account that I set up in the beginning. It's, a, it's called service and all, it, all I've done is I've set it up to go straight mm -hmm. to this account, okay? Got it. All right. So you do, you do this as soon as you deposit it. So as soon as you yeah. take the money to the bank, you'll, you'll, um, you'll, you'll do this next step. Yes. And this way, it also leaves me the ability in case I have to run financial statements at the end of the year, 
I can put it back so that it's showing a customer deposit. But for me, for invoicing throughout the year when I'm not worried about a financial statement, I want it moved over to AR so we can apply it. Because once they start whittling that down, you want to be able to tell the customer what they have left, right? Uh, okay. So my next step, and I do all this in the same day, so it's all dated the same. I go into my customers and I'm going to create a credit memo, which is the opposite of an invoice. invoice. Okay, so I'm gonna, now I select the company, before it was just in my notes, and I'm gonna use that, um, of course I call it prepayment, but it's, my, it's mapped to my customer deposit, and I'm putting that full amount in there of $3,000, and I've set it up so it's non-taxable and all that stuff, so it doesn't really matter what's down here, it still does it properly. So I'm gonna hit save and close, and so then my next check. I'm going to retain it as an available credit. And now if you go back to you, now we no longer see that account is gone. Refresh customer, the customer deposit account is zeroed out. Um, but my accounts receivable. So when you go to open my other favorite, this, I love this open invoice. You can see credit memo. This is the one I just did. The other was my playing with it or the blog. But anyway, right. so this is the, <laughs> this is it right here. So you've got the $3,000 sitting there waiting to be used. Okay. So now what's so, next, Dan? <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now time passes and now they're going to buy something or, or actually use part of that re retainer. And this could be, you know, you know, in this, uh, in this example, you know, it's a, it's a support thing, but this could be for legal, uh, you know, the legal industry construction. Uh, okay. So now you actually are going to do something. And the reason that we, it's referred to as a liability is because the business still owes something to the customer, right? Yeah, so if, it's, if the customer says, never mind, I don't want to hire Dan. He wasn't my friend. He was not nice. <laughs> no, if, if the sad, customer says, but... If the customer says, uh, never mind, and you have to cancel this out, you do, you do owe that money back if services weren't rendered. So it's, pro it's, it's good accounting to track it along the journey and not just quickly throw it as a, as a credit to receivables. Um, this can also be used too. If I had a furniture company that would, uh, if you wanted to order a sofa and it was expensive, um, you had to make a down payment before they extended the money to order it. So this would be another method to, for me to put the $3,000 in while I'm having my extravagant sofa made. This might only be half of it, who knows, but it's going to sit there till the invoice is prepared. Whatever that invoice is, we're going to be able to now apply that credit memo. Gotcha. So now, now you, you make the sales transaction. So this would be an invoice uh, at this point, right? So we're going to create the invoice and, um, and I'm just going to just make this a future date. We'll just go to next year. And, um, and let's just say that they did, you know, half of it. They did 10 hours with Dan. I mean, however, I normally invoice, that's not what we care about. But mm -hmm. right here is now we're, we're going to offset that credit balance. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to save it. I'm just going to save it so we can stay in the screen. And then I want to apply that credit memo that right. we just created, right? 
uh, because I'm going to take the second one. Nope. This, this one here, this, yeah. this $3,000 one. And then that means they still have a $1,500 credit balance. Ignore my other sample. <laughs> right. So, so that just uh, now applies that, that credit memo that you have still outstanding. Your open invoice report is immediately reflected of what their balance actually is uh, so that they can continue to utilize that, that process and that credit um, throughout the, throughout the process. So nice part about, you know, desktop is you have that button to apply the credit. You can choose the right one that you want to use, and then it will then automatically apply that credit. So I, I like, I like that way of handling it with a credit memo because those credits can then, you know, be used at that, at that moment, whether you're, you know, on a cash or accrual, it really doesn't matter because now you're applying it at the moment that the, um, that the invoice or the, the, the credit memo is dated. Uh, so um, if you do it at the same, on the same date, then, you know, that will be impacted uh, and reflective that day. And for this one, what's nice is I did the invoice for January of the next year, which means the income is going to show in the proper period when Dan finally got around to doing that job. It's going to show his income Slacker. for CBG. <laughs> I know, he, gosh, he got busy during the holidays and never got to the job. But it really is an income to CBG Rockcastle Construction until the job the, that the job is done. So then that shows the right um, income date. So. Now there's other ways to handle this too. You know, you could, um, you know, leave it in the, in the, 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 the liability account, mm -hmm. uh, leave it sit there. Um, and then you can create reports based off of that, uh, that account. And then, you know, very similar to what you have in the open invoice report, but only for that customer deposits. Uh, right. So that way you can see what the balance is of services that I still owe. Uh, so if somebody calls and you have ABC plumbing calls and says, Hey, how much do I, I have left? You can either use this uh, um, open invoice report because it will list the credit memo that is still there, or you could utilize the customer deposit report even totaled by, uh, by customer so that you can see, well, they still have that much uh, to use. Cause if you didn't use the credit memo method, you could actually create a um, invoice and then zero it out with the credit right. deposit with that. Yeah. And it really just depends on, you know, what you need as a business owner or what your customers need to see. Uh, because one, one, one thing that's missing in this thing is that the customer never sees what, you know, what's being applied. So if you're going to send this invoice to the, to the customer, you might want to itemize that out, which you could use the, the same the item. How about you know, the statements? You, yep, you could use a statement to create a statement, so you'd see the credit memo and the uh, and the invoice listed out there for ABC Plumbing. Yeah. Or, or um, you know, you can do it on the transaction as well. So there's lots of ways to to actually handle this process. So it really just depends on what it is that that you need uh, to see. So you can see there on the on the statement how each of the credit memos and invoices are applied. Uh, and what their open balance and uh, total balance actually still is. So it, you so. Know, it basically depends on which method you want to, you can use the same theory, but just the, the key is, is to take that deposit and put it into the bucket, into your balance mm -hmm. sheet properly, and then account for it. But, you know, if you have massive amounts of these coming in, coming in and coming out, 
Um, you just really need to pick the one that, that works best for you for the workflow. Right. So how that's kind of handling it in desktop. Okay. So let me go ahead and start sharing. All right. I gave up my controls. It's very gave hard it up. All right. So I'm just working in the, the, the sample company. So um, I do it very similar to what, what you, what you said. And the, and the same, either, either option is, is available. And um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but if you, you can do in desktop to, to automatically apply credits. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a, there's a preference for that so that you didn't have to necessarily do that step of when you're creating the invoice, the, the credit would automatically apply to it. Uh, that's great if you have only one, you know, one credit, but if you have multiple credits, you might wanna want to specifically control. go and, and you, you, you want to give up, don't want to give up that control <laughs> yeah. and man, manually map it. Right. Well, like you, like you saw with my sample, I was already playing with one in there for my blog and I didn't want to pick the wrong one. So it was a good thing I had it turned off, but, uh, but that is a nice feature to, to use that preference. So same thing here in the chart of accounts, you know, creating a, a customer deposits, other current liability uh, account. Uh, and then doing the same thing with the products and services, creating a customer deposit uh, product and service mapped to uh, that customer deposits okay. account. So same thing there. Um, so when you receive it, now another another way to do it instead of going directly into the deposit is actually creating uh, a sales receipt because that will actually uh, create a transaction for the customer um, so if we're, we use Amy's Bird Sanctuary, not ABC Plumbing. Starts with <laughs> um, an A. Right. Does start with an A. So there's our, our deposit. And okay. say it's another $1,000, whatever it is that they're doing, the upfront deposit, and then save it. Um, and then that's going to start the, the process of actually making that deposit because maybe you group that with other deposits. Um, mm -hmm. So you might want it to go to undeposited funds, which is another workshop that we did a couple weeks ago, <laughs> cleaning up undeposited funds. So you can check that out uh, too. But that will that's one way to handle the, the receipt of the deposit. And then when you actually go to uh, utilize it, so I've, I've created a, a memorized report uh, based on, uh, well, where'd it go? Oh, custom report, there we go. So the customer deposit balance. So there it shows those sales receipts. This was the first one, so we'll just get rid of that one. Not to confuse uh, people I know, with I additional balances. In there. Sorry, people. <laughs> Um, so what All I right. did was I just I just filtered it for you know customized the report and filtered it for that customer deposits uh, okay. account. Uh, so that way I'll see the the money being deposited into that uh, that liability account, and then when I go to use it, uh, so now there's a, an invoice. Uh, they're going to purchase. What do we have here? We have some gardening. And let's say it's only $500. And then what we're going to do here is then use the customer deposit uh -huh. as a negative to apply can, it. And you can do the same method in desktop too. I'm glad you're showing this one. Yeah. So then, uh, so now we have a $0 invoice. Uh, oh, we got, forgot Amy's forgot bird. The, <laughs> forgot the customer. Not ABC plumbing. Okay. 
And now we have a zero dollar invoice, but we're taking the service. This is doing the the income. Uh, and let's just throw that out next That's month perfect. so that we have it at a different date. Um, and then it's applying the uh, the upfront deposit to it here on the right on the invoice. So then back on our uh, our report, where to go? The date. The date. <laughs> oh, I got to the date. <laughs> Good catch. I'm like, what ah. happens when we throw things in the future? <laughs> right, right. On the report. So this yeah, gives so the can... audit trail for the customer, which right. I would hope you, you can... email this to the customer. Right. Uh, okay. So then you can you can set this report to, to all dates and save that as a customization. So that way you're not confused by the. Yeah, all uh, dates is good. Like, like I was there. On... <laughs> it was Amy's bird in the headlight. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But there it gives you the balance. And then as you have, have other customers that, that do this process, you would, they would be separated out by, uh, by customer. Um, and then, you know, QuickBooks allows you to collapse so that you're not seeing all the, all the detail. The customer um, and then you may can, want that detail. Right. But the invoice will have the detail of how that, you know, what ah. services was rendered and the customer deposit that was used uh, right there on the, on the transaction itself. Um, so that's a couple ways to, to actually handle doing upfront deposits. Uh, the challenge there is that in, in uh, QuickBooks Online, when you're on a cash basis, uh, what happens, uh, actually, let me go ahead and share again. What happens in, uh, in QuickBooks Online on a, on a cash basis, because what, what people typically will do is I'll just receive payment. Right, uh, for, and they could do this in desktop too. So this right. is good to troubleshoot. I'll, I'll do this, and I'll put it. I'll put it in on on such and such a day, and that records the the deposit of you know the receiving of the upfront deposit. But it puts it simply in um, cash. Um, sorry, uh, it, it puts you. It, it puts it in a accounts receivable oh. as a as a as an available or unapplied payment. Uh, so on. Uh, so let's just do this as another. Uh, I just want to do a so really is, high amount just so that we know what it's what it is. Uh, and I did that, of course, for the wrong date. So let's well, let's just leave it at the uh, nine sixteen. Okay. So now, when I run a profit and loss uh, yes. for that date, uh, so let's see, do we have next month? So let's throw this out here for September. Where is it landing on the P&L? So we have this unapplied cash payment income. Okay, uh, we don't want it there. We're calling right, it income because, the day it hits. That's right, what we're because, trying to avoid. Right, because what, what happens on a cash basis is QuickBooks needs to recognize that as income because it's it's a, it's, it's a cash, I mean, it's a pass, uh, that. It is a payment, but it's unapplied, which is true. Uh, but in a cash it, it basis, it needs to hit. It wants to hit it, hit the the profit and loss, and that's not what we want to avoid. Because if, especially if this is happening over, you know, closed periods. Yeah. You know, um, if you have a closed period of, um, you know, this happened last year. I received the deposit, but I'm they're not doing the work until until this year, then you know, on a cash basis, you're paying taxes based off of that revenue that you don't 
you technically don't even know, you know, you don't even right. have that yet. So, um, so this workflow, this, this, this process will, will help alleviate that, uh, that issue because it will keep it completely off of the, uh, off of the profit and loss altogether. Right. And it's, and similar to the other side of things, like if you're running paychecks and you're withholding liabilities, you don't want to expense things that haven't happened yet. You want to, it's just a short time, especially for cash basis, it's a short time to float it and put it in the right period without making you wonder what was that $3,000. And and then you go back to Dan, you didn't do that job. No, I did in January. So put it in, do this workflow so that you show the income in the right month. Uh, whether you're cash basis or accrual, it just call it wreaks havoc. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, yes. and then you lose track of what you owe the customer. It's real easy to forget it. Mm-hmm. And that's so, um, so in the comments uh, on, on the Facebook live, I put in both of our blog articles, one about handling these upfront retainers and deposits, and also a blog of, we, we wrote about the unapplied cash payment accounts in, in QuickBooks online. Uh, both of these kind of go hand in hand uh, with, uh, you know, with this type of situation. Uh, so definitely, um, you know, utilize those if if you need them. And uh, you know, have any comments, just uh, go ahead and add those to the to the Facebook group. And we will see you next week. Next week we're going to be doing. I forgot what we were doing. Do you remember, what Carrie? Are we doing? <laughs> um, I know it's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll be continuing. Uh, this this sort of thing. Let me it's just sort of, it up real it's quick. sort of weird workflows that we've had to come up with shortcuts to manage because the most important thing is to have the best barter. customer service. Barter. <laughs> right, we're we're going to be handling barter. barter. This now for bartering that. is where you're going to be going into the customer center and the vendor center, and QuickBooks hates that. So we're going to tell you how to fix that. All right. So we will see you next week uh, for another workshop Wednesday. Thanks for joining us today and watching and. Uh, Have a great day. And have a great week. We'll see you next week.